Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Glory to God. Father, tonight we've come because you have a plan. You have a plan. We've come for that you don't make small plans, insignificant plans. All your plans are grand. And so I agree with what Pastor Jordan's already said. And Father God, that you're going to have your way in this place. Because you will, we're going to cooperate with your plan. We can know even now that we won't leave this place the same. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you could be seated. Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, please, tonight to the book of 3 John. 3 John. And as you're going there, I asked, well, first of all, I want to thank Pastor Jordan for having it in his heart to allow me to stand behind this pulpit. Uh, you all are my uh, New Albany family. You know that. Uh, I've been coming to meetings here for a long time. Was it the angels come in in 08 here? Uh -huh. Well, I had the privilege of standing over there when that happened. So, and that wasn't my first meeting here. So I've, I got connected with Dr. Dufresne in officially in 2004. He had our first, his first service at my church in 2003. And uh, you know, ever since I found out he's been having meetings here, I just... And so many of you I know and have gotten to know and love. And uh, it's just great to see you. Amen. Amen. And uh, the rest of you I don't know, I look forward to getting to know you. And uh, I just want to tell you up front, you like me. <laughs> What's not to like, right? And uh, so anyway, thank you, Pastor. And of course, Dad, I know I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for you too. And I just appreciate everything you've put in me. Everything you've done for me. It just means a lot. So we're going to move on so I don't get emotional. But uh, um, last year in California, I was uh, at the Holy Ghost meeting that Pastor Nancy had. And I had written a book about uh, prosperity that's uh, got a blue cover on it. It's called A Prosperous Journey. Some of you may have that. And uh, I, w I had gotten that out, and it's done very well, and it's doing very well, helping a lot of people. But anyway, last January, not this past January, but one prior, I was in that meeting, and God said, I want you to write a sequel to your book on, called The Prosperous Journey, and I want you to call it Practical prosperity. Well, it took me a long time, but, but I did get it out. It's out now. It's just brand new. This is a second church that uh, is it's where it's available. And uh, I've got an assignment tonight, and it's not this, so uh, I don't want to sp say too much about it. But uh, God had me study as much as I could about the practical instruction in God's Word related to prosperity. And, you know, Brother Hagin said it seemed to him, and I agree, that it seems like the hardest thing for the body of Christ is to stay in the middle of the road and be balanced on any one Bible subject. And prosperity is one of those issues that can get way out of balance. Now, I am so thankful for the divine side of prosperity that I have learned, that many of us have been privileged to know, the, the force and the power of tithing. You know, that we've learned that having faith in and qualifying for, that God will, really will supernaturally supply all of our need according to His riches in glory. Aren't you glad that we've learned, amen, that if we give, it'll be given unto us, good measure, pressed down. And I think that a lot of Christians who have had the privilege of knowing that and beginning to walk in that think that they can just forget about putting their pants on and tying their shoes and putting something in the piggy bank every month. And we don't realize 
that the same Bible that said, Give and it will be given, says that he that does not work should not eat. The same scripture that records the oil coming out of the jar supernaturally that got that lady out of debt and sustained their lives for a year. You know what I mean? That same Bible talks about look down at the ant, you lazy man, and get off the couch and get to work. And, uh, you know, for the first time in my short life, work is out of style. And, uh, you know, if we take the spiritual side only and try to arrive at God's highest and best, we'll fall short. You think about healing. If we just think if I can walk in love and go by faith and, and, and do healing scriptures every day and, and get in doctor's healing line, amen, and have a good confession, but I, I eat a pack of donuts, you know, a 12, and I smoke two packs and I never exercise and I eat bad food all the time. That, that's gonna, that the divine side is going to overcome the natural side. You will not arrive at God's highest and best. At the same time, if you're all into vitamins and nutrients and working out and exercise and organic and all of that, and environmentalism and la, 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 and I'm into a lot of that, but you don't walk in love, you're quick to get offended, you never read a healing scripture, you never say anything about, you're not going to arrive. Well, the same thing is true with prosperity. I'm not trying to prosper on the divine supernatural side alone. I work. Amen. And I just think everybody 40 and under that you know needs this book. And I don't care where you're at in life, it'll help you. And I was real pleased with, you know, a lot of the revelation that come out. But anyway, I talk about no pain, no gain. I talk about how to pass money tests. Uh, there's a chapter in here on debt on saving, on uh, tending to business. You know, a lot of people just don't pay attention. They never balance their checkbook. They don't know where they're at. They're late on their bills. They have bad credit score. You've got business. You may not have a business, but you have business, and you need to tend to your business. I talk in here about reviving the work ethic, talking about if you want to win, you need to follow a winner. Praise God. A couple of chapters here on diligence. The Bible calls diligence man's precious possession. Being diligent is a precious possession. And I bet you've not thought recently about being disciplined and diligent as a precious possession. Most people, when you tell you hear the word discipline or diligent, they roll their eyes and go, oh, I know. Amen. But if you'll learn to be diligent, amen, the Bible says you'll end up in charge. But the lazy man ends up in forced labor. They end up doing things, they, taking jobs they don't want to take. They're not fulfilling. They end up in forced labor. Because they're going to find out that sitting on the couch and confessing Philippians 4.19 isn't going to get the bills paid. Anyway, I may have said too much and now you don't want it. But it's, it's back there and it'll really help you. And if you've got kids, young kids coming up in this generation, they need to read it. It'll help them. Amen. Pastor, I don't know if you had one, but I wanted to give that one to you. All right. Hallelujah. Now, I already said you like me. How many of you like me? <clears throat> Amen. Well, praise God. We're going to get into something here. And I've got both of my double shotgun barrels loaded at you. And I'm going to fire both barrels at you. And, uh, but Pastor said, you know, we kind of keep it simple. Foundation on said, I love it. Who was it? Was it uh, Lombardi that coached the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers to four or five Super Bowls? Mm -hmm. 
And uh, he'll take a super, they've just won the Super Bowl. They take a little time off. He's got a lot of the same players. They had just won a Super Bowl. They're, they're world champs. They're NFL champs. And this is how Vince Lombardi said he started his practice for the next season with all those Super Bowl winners that have come back, back on the team. And he'll walk in the locker room and he'll say, all right, gentlemen, this is a football. And you wouldn't think that people at the pinnacle of their profession, amen, who had just won the Super Bowl, would need to be told, this is a football. But what did he know? He knew that success and longevity and living, reaching the highest of the high is going to come down to being excellent with the, the fundamentals. Amen? And so just in case you didn't know, this is a Bible. Amen? Amen. And uh, as I prayed and sought God, God instructed me, I believe, I have no doubt in my heart, to preach to you a message for a few minutes called Four Simple Things. Four Simple Things. Amen? And I just have this one service with you right now. But I tell you what, I don't care what your deal is, what your issue is, I'm going to help you in that area. I don't care if your marriage is on the brink. I don't care if you're sick nigh unto death. I don't care if they're about to repossess your house. Amen. Or if your wife came in tonight and said she didn't love you anymore. I'm just telling you that I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to help you in every area. Amen. Because all you have to do to reach the highest of the high in God and in life is four simple things. Before I leave, be sure to make sure I tell you what the four simple things are. Everyone say four simple things. Now, I'll get to it here eventually. In 3 John, verse 2, well, I've just been stuck on this verse for several years now. John, writing to Gaius, said, and it's not just a salutation because, not just an opening greeting to a nice letter from John to a friend. Why is that true? Well, because it's inspired of the Holy Ghost. And like Dr. Dufresne said about the Bible, there's no filler in the Bible. Words matter. Amen. And so notice it says, Beloved, I wish, that's a bad translation, it's more like it's pray, amen, or I desire. Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. Now, I, I preach a lot in my book on Prosperous Journey on the, on the weeds of that. Amen. But just quickly, Dr. Strong's, in his, in his Greek dictionary, gives four definitions for the word prosper here. And they're phrases. Okay? The first one is to succeed in business affairs. That's what that Greek word prosper or eudo means. It means to succeed in business affairs. The word prosper also means to succeed in reaching. I love that. Amen? You're not going to prosper God's way if you're not reaching for something. If you're not stretching out to a higher level than where you're at right now. Amen. It's like Dr. Jacob says, God has more for you. Where is it? Right outside your comfort zone. Amen. And that means you're going to have to reach. Uh, Dr. Strong's also said this Greek word means to have God's divine help on the road. It's not help on the couch. It's help on the road. Amen. And then it means to have a prosperous journey. The other thing quickly I want to remind you of about this verse is that, you know, in the Greek language, a doctor could probably 
uh, verify this, having taken Greek in uh, school, is that, you know, in the English language, we have three tenses. We have past, present, and future. But in the Greek language, there's like eight or nine or more tenses. And so they put a, a sentence or a phrase in a certain tense, and just the fact that they did that will tell you something. It communicates something. We don't have that, so it's missed. This verse, 3 John 2, is in what the Greek language people call the continuous sense or the ongoing sense. So when John said this to Gaius in Greek, he said, I pray above all things that you are prospering and continuing to prosper and will never stop prospering. Amen? And one translation accurately records in that you have and enjoy ongoingly health. Now, I want to say that to you to preach the standard that we should be aiming at. It is not okay to have seasons of blessing and seasons of lack. That is not the will of God. That's not the will of God. It is not the will of God for you to have, uh, you know, eight years out of ten of health, but two years you go through hell in your body. The will of God is that we begin to prosper. We keep on prospering like Isaac until we become very prosperous. And that we have and enjoy ongoingly in an uninterrupted matter, manner, health. I brought you here. That's really not my message, but just to show you, I need to show you that God's will for your life and mine is victory and success and health and well-being in every area. And we can all have it. We can have God's standard. You don't have to be one of God's special ones. It doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. It doesn't matter what country you live in. If you are born again, if you're a child of God, the highest God has available for all of us is within your grasp tonight. All you have to do is know and do four simple things as a lifestyle. Not four simple things once a month. But if you are willing to hear this preacher tell you, you can everything that the Word of God outlines as part of our inheritance. Divine protection, divine healing, prosperity on a high level, a sweet marriage, a sound mind, kids that are respectful and love God. I'm telling you, everything that you would want and dream about is within your grasp tonight. And there's no demon, there's no devil in hell. There is absolutely nothing that can keep you from it if. Brother Jared, if you'll just do four simple things. Is there anybody in here willing to do, to have have everything? Four simple things. I know you want to know what they are, but I'm not ready to tell you yet. Amen. Praise God. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Back to the left a few pages. First Peter chapter 2. I'll go ahead and tell you what they are. Because like Pastor Jordan said, i got to get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you, and I told you they're simple, so don't laugh at me, don't mock at me, don't throw your head down, don't dismiss me, don't check out the rest of the service. Yeah. We won't. Okay? Because when I said they're simple, I mean they are simple. I, I, again, I don't care. I don't care if you climbed up the tallest, ugliest, ugly tree there is and fell down and hit every branch on the way down. I, I don't care if your IQ is in the negative. I don't care 
what disadvantages you think you have in life. If you will do these four simple things and do them every day, you will arrive. You will arrive at God's definition of success. Absolutely. Here they are. Number one, hear the word. Number two, read the word. Number three, speak the word. And number four, do the word. That, bye. (laughs) Really, I I don't care what the impossibility is. I don't care what the doctors have said. I don't care where you are financially. I don't care what the economy is doing. I don't care how bad life has been and how long you've been in church. If you will hear the word, read the word, speak the word, and do the word, you cannot fail. You will not fail. Lester Summerall, I would call him a a spiritual giant. He he made this statement. He said, I never do anything great. I just do something all the time. He arrived at greatness because he did something simple all the time. Wigglesworth is someone that I would call a spiritual giant. He said, I never pray longer than 15 minutes. But I never go 15 minutes without praying. And he had a standing offer of 100 pounds to anyone who could ever find him without his testament. He was a man of the word. He heard the word. He read the word. He spoke the word. He did the word. He was a giant. I said he was a giant. Now, I know Psalms 119 has a lot of scriptures in it. It's in Psalm 119. I'm not sure which one. I think 148. It's in my book. Go buy it. But in one of the translations, in one of the translations, David said about himself, I have become wiser than all of my sages. I have become wiser than all of my teachers simply by doing what you tell me. Dr. Dufresne would make this statement. He would say, if you learn to follow the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look smart. You'll just do the word. He'll make a dumb person look smart. Four simple things, everybody. If you will hear the word, if you will read the word, speak the word, and do the word, the life, everything, your oyster is in hand. The fullness of God's blessing in every area is yours by doing those four simple things as a lifestyle. Amen. Amen. I I love Dr. Story about, you know, coming out of drug addiction and all the ramifications of what he had done to his life and the devil had done to his life and feeling like he was in a swimming pool with a lot of a lot of the the balls. And he would just take one at a time. Just one. You couldn't you couldn't get rid of them all, but you just take one at a time. Listen, whatever your number one issue is, find it in the word. Hear the word on that. Read the word on that. Speak the word on that. Do the word on that, and it's over. That hindrance will be gone out of your life. Amen. And then go to the next one. And then go to the next one. And you just keep reaching until the end of your life will come. God's going to catch us away, and you will have reached great heights just by doing four simple things over and over and over and over again. 
You know, as pastor, I've met human after human after human that when you begin to talk to them and they want to tell you their tale of woe, and when people have had long histories of failure and dysfunction, it'll take you a long... If you ask them, why are you in this condition? It will, t- it will take the volumes... It will take the Lord of the Rings book, you know, for them to give you an explanation about why they are failing. Right. And they're lying. Yep. They're lying and or they are deceived. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Success is not hard. Victory is not hard. Victory is the easiest thing you ever did. And so if we are failing in life, if we are failing in prayer, it's because you're not hearing the word on prayer, you're not reading the word on prayer, you're not speaking the word on prayer, you're not doing the word on prayer. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just And you know, over time, I'm sorry if I get too bad pacing. Your neck will be really good. Your neck will be really... I'm going to give you attention, and then I'm going to give you attention. It's just the way I go. Over time, you know, as you keep coming to this church, if you're new, you will begin to see differences. The level of light, the level of revelation, the level of anointing, the level of blessing, the level of physical strength, mental strength, that what's going on in their family. And over time, when we look around at the landscape of our local church and we wonder... What is behind the differences? What you are seeing is what that one is doing with the Word and what that one is not doing with the Word. It's just that simple. When I think of people like Brother Copeland, yes, there's a call there. There's a special call there. But in his calling, he's reached the highest of the high. What? Because of his, what most people would call radical his radical commitment to the Word of God. I've heard him say over and over, I didn't quit TV. I just don't have time. I didn't quit this activity. I just don't have time. I didn't quit doing that. I just don't have time. Well, what is he giving all of his time to that he can't watch TV and he can't do this and can't do that that so many Americans are wrapped up in? He is devoting himself to the Word of God. And over time, it shows up. What you're doing with the Word over time is going to show up in your finances. God isn't holding out on you and your finances. You can't blame it on the economy. Uh, We're living in heaven's economy. You can't blame it on inflation or that your guy didn't get elected. Don't get quiet on me. Amen. If we are failing, amen. It is, it is, it is, you can point it to one thing, neglect of the word. But don't, don't, don't take that as a negative. Don't take it as a rebuke. Listen, put that over on the positive side. Everything you need, everything you want, everything that you're dreaming about is within your grasp tonight. All you have to be willing to do is four simple things. Yes, it's really good. I'm about three weeks in. To one of those marriage counseling things where, you know, if you ever done one where when they came in and you assessed it, you're like, you're not going to make it. You're just not going to make it. Why should I waste five Thursday nights in a row when we just know you're not going to make it? And it's just one of those. I mean, they have been so intensely abusing each other for years. 
there's just so much to unravel in that. Absolutely. But the, my biggest job is to get them to see there is nothing in your marriage that you good that you cannot have. Yeah, yeah. There is nothing that God cannot do and restore and put back together in your relationship if both of you at the same time will simply decide to do four simple things. And all I assigned them for the first three weeks is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified, and don't do anything to each other but that. And yeah, we're talking and we're addressing issues and, and all of that. But I got, a, I got an email from a family member who's living with this couple. And they said, I, this was, I, I can't quote everything. I don't want to violate anybody's privacy, but this was the gist of it. She said, I don't know and don't want to know what's going on in these counseling sessions. But it is working. Wow. And she began to descri- describe the sweetness and the affection and the change in tone. What's done it? Not my uh, hours and hours of training as a counselor. Right. Not my PhD in marital communication. Right. Right. Amen. I've walked away. I cried when I got the email because I feel so inadequate. Sure. Because all I'm doing is this is what the word says. This is what the word says. If you'll do that, this is, there's, if you'll just forgive him, if you'll forgive her and give each other a fresh start and begin to act on the word, there's nothing in your marriage that you cannot have. And they just decided apparently to give the word a go. Come on. Are you with me? 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, as newborn babies. So when a, a person is brand new, born into the kingdom, let's notice the instruction of the word. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So what did the Spirit of God on this great apostle Peter point an infant a spiritual infant to? The Word. You know, when I've got three babies. When I brought our three babies home from the hospital, we didn't need... Now, if you've used formula, that's fine. People do that for different reasons. But we, my wife was able to breastfeed and everything was... Her body was healthy. And so it's just amazing. I said, it's just amazing. You know, all this stuff. I, it takes me a, a double handful to get all my... The stuff that they say that my body needs to get it... Look, look, look. You're just wore out trying to get all this stuff in. Amen. But all that little baby needs, its entire little body, to grow, to be strengthened, to develop, to thrive, to mature, is in one simple thing. It's in the milk of mama's breast. And that's all. And for that whole season, that is all the baby needs. Amen. And Peter is using this and he says, as newborn babies desire, this word is intense. It means to crave like an addiction, like I have to have it. Desire the word. Amen. Uh, The milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I do want to turn to this. Hallelujah. This word grow. Uh, one Greek dictionary I read said that this is a Greek word that is very rarely used. It's not commonly used. And it means to grow to the extreme, to the extreme limit. It means to obtain very great power or authority. It means to achieve the highest position or status. It means to bring about growth and to produce increase, to grow in might, to elevate, to promote. 
And all of this, Peter says, is happening from the milk of the Word of God. If you know anything about my story, I got, God got a hold of my life at the lowest of the low. I was attending the University of Oklahoma. I was a college sophomore. I had uh, joined a fraternity. I, I hadn't officially joined. I was kind of going through that process. And I was at a, for a party and I had wrecked my, I don't have time to tell you all about it. I just wrecked my life. I just wrecked it with different stuff than Dr. Jacobs. I, I, anyway, but I was there drunk and suicidal at this frat party. And I found out that night that God goes to frat parties. I didn't know that. I tried to go to a bar somewhat after this experience. I found out that God went to bars too. Amen. And down there on my haunches against the wall with everybody dancing around, I was not having any fun. I was drunk and suicidal. God came into that hallway and he, he spoke to me. And that's, that's a longer story. But one of the things he said to me, he said, because you've done this willfully all along going into this deep darkness, you knew what you were doing. I'm not going to deliver you and fix all your problems all at once. But he said, if you will take my hand, if you will take my hand right now, I will lead you on from here back to where you once were, which I interpreted as normal. And then I'll take you on into the things I have for you. And that's the phrase I'd never thought about. That's the phrase I'd never entertained that thought that God could have something for me. And so I didn't see a hand, but I took that hand. I made my consecration. And I told you all that to tell you this. He was true to his word. I left there with all kinds of bad attitudes, a desire to drink, to still smoke, to chase girls. I had all of that with me when I left that moment. But I'll tell you what I, I told you all that to tell you. What did I leave with? I left that frat party with an insatiable, unquenchable hunger and desire and thirst for the Bible. That's what he gave me. And I went home and I had to dig it out and found the 1987 Methodist. I call it the Methodist Bible. Don't say Methodist on it, but my dad was Methodist. He gave me that Bible. I've still got it today. And I began to devour it. I began to devour it. I'd stay up. I'd go party and then I'd come home and stay up till two, three, four in the morning reading the word. And God began to put my life back together again. I just don't have time to explore all that with you. I am just telling you, that's what God deposited in me that night. Amen. And I have been making, I, I have left that frat party, suicidal, drug addicted, hated myself, destroyed many lives around me. On into where I find myself today. And I've not done anything great. I am no one special. I don't have any unique gifts. But all I have done is what I began to do that night. Is to do four simple things. That this is what I do to advance. Amen. And the money gets bigger and the anointing gets bigger and the, the miracles get bigger and the life gets bigger and the blessings get bigger. But I'm not doing anything different than what I started to do that night when I left the frat party. I hear the word. I read the word. I uh, speak the word and I do my best to do the word. And I'm a force that cannot be stopped. 
you, you can't keep, I, no one can keep me from prospering. No one can keep me from a sound mind. No one can, no, you can't kill my body with sickness and disease. You, you, you cannot keep me from my destiny. You, you cannot keep me. Now, again, I am in a covenant with a woman and she's got a choice. But isn't it great that I'm married to someone who's doing four simple things as a lifestyle. Listen, you know what's not cool? is to be born again and four years later, you're the same. You're the same grouch. You're the same jerk. You think the same. You talk the same. You act the same. You're born again and you're heaven bound, but you're in bondage. Amen. And why don't you do everyone else, including yourself, a favor and change? And the great thing is you don't have to change yourself. All you have to do to achieve real change yes, yes. is four simple things. I told a lie. I don't know how. I, I had a Ph.D. in lying. I lied unconsciously. I had a spirit of lying. I'm married. I'm in the ministry. I tell a lie. My wife calls me out on it. And she says these words to me. Chris, you are hurting our marriage. Well, I had a law, large field where we were in that duplex behind me where we lived back then. And I went on a long walk. And I decided I'm going to do something about this. I didn't know why I was lying. I didn't even want to lie. As the words were coming out of my mouth, I'm trying to reel them back in. Why am I saying that? Here's what I did. Uh, I, I, I went in and I got my concordance and I looked up every scripture I could find online. And man, that's not fun. These are not refrigerator scriptures. <laughs> You know what I mean? These are not refrigerator scriptures. No lie shall go unpunished. Six things the Lord hates. Yea, yea, seven things are abomination to the Lord. And two of them are telling a falsehood. All liars will have their part in the lake of fire that burns with hell and brimstone. And this was my assignment for several weeks. I heard the word, I read the word, I spoke the word, and I began to act on the word. And you know what? The word of God produced in me a loathing and a hatred for telling a lie. And, and we don't, we faith people, we don't, we don't think right a lot of times. We, we limit our faith to getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, getting healed and getting some money. And that's about it. But your faith is for everything. And the Word of God is for everything. I didn't change myself. I didn't go to a 10-step program, you know, to become a truth teller. The Bible says that no word from God. I'm going to slow down so you get this. No word from God is void of power. And the Word's going to speak to everything. Whatever your deal is, and I know you got a deal, I got a deal, we all got a deal. The Bible talks about your deal. And you don't have to grit your teeth and change yourself. No word from God is void of power. So I took the word on lying. And it, he, he said it will perform the thing that he sent it forth to do. And he sent forward, forth those scriptures on lying to give us a holy fear. Christians tell way too many lies. You tell lies you don't fear God. God hates it. I hate it, but I didn't once. And all I did was feed that word into me. 
So the very same thing that Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Jordan and everyone so skillfully teaches us about how to get healed on the Word. Amen. Is the same process that will get that anger out of you. And get that resentment out of you. And get that moodiness out of you. And get that poverty thinking out of you. Thank you. See, I told you I was going to help you in every area. In every area. Let's, we, we're going to have to close here, but let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And I've, I've covered about half a page of about eight, you know, in my notes here. So Ephesians chapter 4, I want to show you something here. But did you get that? You know, we would learn a lot about why you are how you are and why you are where you are in life by just following you around for a few days. Amen? What's your flow? What is your flow? I know we're busy. But, you know, I'll just give you a little bit of tiny insight into my flow. So not long ago, I, I was, you know, I don't cook. And I know that's bad. But I, I take care of 15 acres, all the outside work. My wife don't know what a weed eater looks like. You know what I mean? I, I do all of that. And I said, listen, and I'm not saying, honey, that you have to cook every meal. I will go and I will buy, but I will not cook from this day forward. That's the one thing as a husband, I've just laid down the law. I'm just, I'm, I'm, but I will do, my thought is if you cook, you should not clean. And I can do dishes like nobody else. My mama taught me how to, so I was in there washing dishes. Well, I'm not a vegging on nothing. And I'm not listening to honky-tonk. And I'm not watching Fox News. Amen. I'm not saying it's bad to watch a little news and get up to date on something. But I, I, had, I always try to find out where my man and where my woman of God are in the earth. Because if I'm going to be a spiritual son to them, I need to be in the know of what God's doing through them and what are they saying. I do it with doctor. I do it with Pastor Nancy. Well, this time I had heard that Pastor Nancy was on the road and they live-streamed it. So I found that message. And uh, I was, I had, so this is my, I'm, but I'm hearing the word. And I'm not catching every word, but I'm hearing the word. I'm hearing my Pastor Nancy preach. And she made this statement. She was telling about when God told her about the castle, she immediately went in her mind to, well, I have to sell this house to get this house. And she was relating how the Spirit of God told her, you need to break that off your brain. Yeah. That you have to sell something to have something. Oh, right. That's good. That's good. And I heard that. Did you hear? I heard that. And something, I like that. I don't know about you, Pastor Jeff, but I like that. I like that, Doc. Amen. You know, I love it that I found out in the Word that I can have appetizer and dessert. It's not either or. God will fund the appetizer and the main course and the salad and the dessert if I want it. And it broke, it helped me. It helped my thinking. It expanded me. It enlarged me. And I got it in a little nugget. Most people waste that time. They're not doing. See, you come into church. I've got people that have been in my church longer than I have been in my church. And they are none better. And they hear a good message. But you can come here and you're doing good to hear the word. 
But you've got to live. It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a Wednesday once a month thing. It is a lifestyle. Four simple things as a lifestyle. Hear the word. Speak the word. What did I say? Uh, read the word and do the word. What about prayer? You're going to find out all about it in the word. What about my marriage? You're going to find all about it in the word. All right. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Y'all all right? We're almost done. Ephesians 4, 21. And it says, um, but you, well, verse 20 says, But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, uh, as the truth is in Jesus. Now notice this, that ye or you. That's you. That's me. You put off concerning the former conversation. That word conversation, when you see it in King James, means lifestyle. Think lifestyle. Amen. Put off concerning your former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Are you with me? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Look at verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying. Amen? Well, let let me read this to you in the God's Word translation. The God's Word translation, verse 22 says, You were taught to change the way you were living. The person you used to be, listen to this, will ruin you. The person you used to be will ruin you through desires... That will deceive you. However, you were taught to have a new attitude. You were also taught to become a new person. Created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Listen to the NLT. The NLT says, throw off your former way of life. Hey, I I was a big... And when I was in my car, I was a music guy. I was a hip-hop guy, I was a whatever guy, I was an Allison Chain guy, and then I was a Garth Brooks guy, and I just and that's how I filled all my car time. No more. I don't do that anymore. You find me in my car, for the most part, if I'm not praying, talking to God, worshiping God, I am hearing the Word. It is my lifestyle. Amen. I'm hearing the word. So throw off your former way of life. When you got born again, you cannot expect to just keep living the way you've been living. You're you're a new creature. You're in a new system. The NASB says, lay aside your old self. But my favorite is the message. If you could remember this, get Ephesians 4 in this passage in the message. You'll love it. I'll read it to you. It says, my assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, Jesus, being well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance, and none of us here uh, do tonight. You know, if you fail, it's on you. Because you don't have to fail. All you have to do is four simple things. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to get a degree. Now, God may lead you. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Amen? Four simple things. Things. Since we have no excuse of ignorance, I love it. Here's the phrase everything, and I do mean everything connected with that old way of life, 
has to go. If you're new to the kingdom, you're in a, you're in a very, you're, you're heaven bound, that's secure. But your victory on earth is in a very precarious position because everything in your world has been unholy. So you have to evaluate all your friendships, all your hobbies, how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, what you listen to. And the faster you will yield to the infant's desire for the Word of God and live these four simple steps as a lifestyle, you will go on from the babyhood stage of Christianity and you will begin to mature and you will begin to develop. And you will begin line on line and precept upon precept to have success. And keep yourself as a lifestyle under the ministry of the word from your pastors. Be around people who are anointed to preach and teach and minister the word. Amen. Again, I'm nothing great. But the things that I've come into and have attained and the way, it, and the, the way I'm going to get to higher levels, nothing changes about the process. I'm doing four simple things. It has to go. Message says it is rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside, working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. Whoa! Isn't it great? And, and, and you don't have to sweat over it. This whole process happens. As you do four, I know you're tired of hearing it, right? Four simple things as a lifestyle. I want to leave you with this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Paul, in the verses just prior to that, he talks about there being divisive and there being all in these camps, you know, and you say, I'm of Paul and I'm of Peter. And then he says, who are all these people? Are they not just ministers? That God has used to plant the word. So, for instance, he says to the Corinthians, I came along and I sowed the word. But Apollos came along later and he watered the word. But then he points out rightly, it's God, not us ministers. It's God who gives increase to the word sown into your heart. Right? Then he makes this statement. Every man will receive... According to his own labor. Well, what kind of labor? Every one of us are going to receive in life according to our own labor. What was the context? The word. Dr. Jacobs has attained what he has attained in life and family, in his anointing and calling because of his labor in the word. And I, can't, I benefit, but I can't live off of his right. la- He's being rewarded according to his labor in the Word. Yeah. Pastor Jordan and Pastor Morgan are going to be uh, rewarded according to their labor in the Word. I'm going to be rewarded according to my labor in the Word. And I can't labor in the Word for my kids. I can't labor in the Word for my wife. You're going to have to do it for yourself or you're signing up for difficulty. Yeah. You're signing up for failure. You could be lazy, you can be carnal, you can neglect the word if you want to, but you are from this day forward, you know, and remember, you like me. (laughs) That you signed up for the difficulty and the lack of progress 
and all the things that go with not having the word thriving and growing in your life because you chose Xbox over the word. You chose to binge watch Netflix over the word. And, and you're going to be rewarded in life. And it, it costs. It costs us in, in broken relationships. It costs us in the lack of development of our callings and our helps ministry and all the things God's asked us to do. It costs us in finances. It costs us in sickness and disease. Do you know, I've had very few. I've had four uh, terminal cancer patients that were diagnosed with it in my church since I've been there in 22 years. Every single one of them died and went to heaven. And, and I'm, just, I'm not talking about any other case. I'm just talking about my experience with these four. I could not get them interested in the Word. I said, honey, I will clear my schedule. I will read the Word to you. I, I, you can have anything out of my library. I will give you stacks of audio. You can sit there and hear the Word all day long. And they were not interested but they took off work for every doctor's appointment. They they followed the doctor to the letter, to the T. They gave up all their money. They gave up all those sacrifices. They went through all of those things. And I don't fault them for that at all. But if you're not willing, Brother Hagin said, if you will give an all-out effort toward the Word, you will find your body will respond. And people say, they, they say, I so treasure carnality that I'm going to suffer through the medical route only and forfeit the force of the word. Great cost. It is a big price to pay. And don't, listen, don't be thinking about any one individual and judge that. I'm just saying I have seen people that just told me. I, I, try, I tried to talk them into it. I cried with them. One young guy, he's been gone a long time now. And I said, oh, Listen, you don't have, you're young. You've got a young wife. What about your, what about your son? Right. Couldn't get him interested. He said, Pastor, I don't have the faith you had. I don't have the faith you have. And I said, Brother, listen, I got my faith from the Word. There's nothing special about me. I got my faith from the Word. I will come here. I will sit with you. Nope. And there's nothing to do but but what you told me about, I kissed him on the forehead. I, I prayed and released his spirit and I, I hugged his wife and, and walked their family through being recovered and restored. But every, I know I got a little heavy, but sorry. I'm just, every single one of us, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you're going to receive your own reward according to your labor in the word. And you can't be carnal and neglect the word and then decide, I'll just jump up in doctor's deliverance line. And that'll work for you a time or two. Amen? But that's not a, that's not a strategy for long-term victory. I'll just, jump up, I'll just jump up in the healing line. Thank God for that. That's, that's not a victorious mindset. The last place I'll point you to is Mark chapter 4, what Jesus said. When he talked about the, the most important parable, the sower soweth the word. Yes. Right? Yes. And in there he talks about, especially good in the Amplified, he says, how does it go? Uh, for the measure that you, right? Uh, the Amplified says the measure of thought 
and study that you give to the word will be the measure of virtue and power that comes back to you. He that has, more shall be given. And he that hath not, meaning they neglect the word, even that little bit they have will be taken away from them. So it's two witnesses, one from Jesus, one from the Apostle Paul, that the, um, the degree of prosperity power flow into you is according to the measure of how interested are you in what the book says about prosperity. What's the measure of thought, right, and study and effort that you give to healing, to marriage, to what the Bible says about being a dad and a mom, about being a, a member in the body of Christ, about being angry, about being bitter, about being unforgiving, about what love looks like, about what sex looks like. You know, I, I, I love being a doer of the word. Hear the word. What was it? Hear the word. Read the word. Speak the word. So you know what I'll do? And my wife would be horrified. If, but anyway, she'll just have to deal with it. I'll come in and say, uh, I'm laying claim to do benevolence. First Corinthians chapter seven. And the Bible says in Proverbs that I should always be intoxicated with your love. That your bust should satisfy me at all times. That's what the Bible says. Right? I told you, whatever your deal is, the Bible talks about your deal. So guys, you'll be interested. You'll be, where is that scripture at? <laughs> Pastor Jordan's going to get emails saying, where, where's that scripture at? Proverbs. <laughs> you know the Bible says that? Yeah, yeah it, it says in B, King James or something says, be enraptured with her love. But I think it's New Living says you should be drunk on it. Like intoxicated. Oh, like, honey, you're hot. I've been thinking about you all day. So I'm claiming 1 Corinthians chapter 7 tonight. Now you've heard the word, honey. I have spoken the word. It's time to be a doer of the word. <laughs> Amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? You tell me, what are the four simple things? Hear the word, read the word, speak the word, do the word, and you got it. Amen? Well, don't be the same next time I come see you. Amen? Pastor, praise God. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.